I'm gonna trade my earthly home for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. I'll join him in that land where tears, no sorrow can be found. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. The weather there is always fair, there is sunshine day and night. No cold and no rain will fall there, for the sun shines ever bright. I'll need no heavy garments, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday, as I like to call it now. I, I, I discovered this this morning. A lot of people like to call it hump day because it's the peak of the week and, and all that. But I don't like to call it hump day because it makes it seem like the rest of the week's going to go downhill. Let's be positive. The, the beginning of the week is going downhill, right? So this is Valley Day. The rest of the week we're going to be going uphill, right? Into the weekend and look forward to, again, gathering together on Sunday uh, with uh, the Lord's Church here at Loveland Heights Church of Christ. My name is Derek Drake. I'm the minister here at Loveland Heights Church of Christ. Uh, and uh, we've been doing these study videos daily um, since the second week of the year, and we're reading through the entire New Testament in 2018 together uh, as part of a series called Together in God's Word. And each week on Sunday mornings, we go through a sermon from our weekly reading. And this week, our reading is Matthew chapters 11 through 15. Uh, the last two days, we did chapters 11 and chapters 12, and today we are on chapter 13. Uh, today we're going to get into some parables of Jesus and what Jesus says parables are for uh, and some of the explanations that he gives to his disciples about the parables that he gives. So there's some really interesting information in here, very uh, useful information. And today, uh, if you like it or not, I'm going to give you a little homework. Um, whether you complete it or not, it's up to you, but uh, hopefully it will encourage you to dive into these parables a little bit more and, and make some notes. Something that uh, hopefully will stick with you as you continue uh, in your in your journey through God's Word and, and hopefully sharing your faith with others as well. Speaking of sharing your faith and sharing things, if you wouldn't mind, please share this video. Uh, and when you do share it, don't share it as a share now public as the option may be on Facebook but share it uh, as a regular share that gives you the opportunity to type some text up in the top there invite your friends tag some friends in that uh, share so that you can invite them along to join you in this study um, alright with that out of the way let's get into Matthew chapter 13 so we start out again just as we have in previous chapters with Matthew referring back to what just happened. And again, remember, the chapters, the verses, the headings, all of these things are not in the original text. The original text is just line after line after line of Greek. Uh, and so uh, Matthew is just continuing with the story. So Jesus uh, finished up uh, chapter 12. Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Motioning to the disciples who were around him, those who were following him. Um, and, and as we talked about yesterday, this refers to our Christian family. So, um, verse 1 of chapter 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him. So great that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. 
Now, if you recall, I, I believe it's um, Luke's account uh, of, of the, uh, the calling of the disciples. Uh, when he calls Peter, Andrew, James, and John, um, he actually ha- gets in Peter's boat and casts off from the sea so that he can talk to the crowds because they were pressing in on him. And so it was better for him to be out in the ocean, able to speak to the crowds from there, um, from a safe distance, um, but also elevated and, and uh, able to be heard. Verse 3, he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. All right, so uh, first things first, I'm not going to explain this parable because Jesus will in a moment. But what I will explain is what a parable is. Actually, no, we're going to wait on that because Jesus explains that next. What I want to explain is verse 9. He who has ears, let him hear. So what does that mean? Well, basically what Jesus is saying here is he is saying that if you have the ability to hear, then use that ability to hear. Right? If you have the ability to hear, hear what I am saying. Pay attention is basically what he's saying. Listen, there are some incredible and important truths that I'm about to give you. Pay attention. Oh, but, but Jesus, you're giving it to us in parables. I, what's going on? And here we go. Verse 10. Then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? See, this is something that was fairly new to them. Well, you know, what, what, why is Jesus talking, teaching in this way? This is, this is a different way he's been teaching because before he's, he's been teaching in the synagogues and, and reading scripture in the synagogues and teaching them um, from God's word and quoting uh, Old Testament scriptures and such. And now he's speaking of these great and, and, and important truths uh, in parables. Why? And Jesus says to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. That last part's important. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand within their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. I hope you understand what Jesus is saying here. I'm going to explain it here a little bit. But this is so amazing and encouraging. Uh, It just makes me smile hearing what he's saying and, and thinking about the meaning that it holds. So, uh, just to go back a little bit, um, 
Jesus says the purpose of the parables, he speaks to them in these ways because he's basically hiding the truth within it, right? Uh, H. Leo Bowles in his uh, commentary on Matthew, uh, he, he, de- he defines parables um, in, in this way. He says, they veil the truth from those who do not want it, but unveils the truth to those who are ready for it and will receive it. So the purpose of parables were for those who are truly seeking the meaning of what Jesus is saying, for them to find the meaning, to study, to look at God's word, what they had in the scriptures then, follow Jesus more, learn from him more. For those who have ears will hear. But Jesus says these people, they don't. They don't want to nor are they willing to accept what Jesus is offering. He says their their hearts have grown dull, their eyes they can barely or with their ears they can barely hear, no one can hear with their eyes. With their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed. Jesus says I am presenting them with the truth. If they want to see it, if they want to hear it, if they want to find it, then they will listen and pay attention. Those who have ears, let them hear. Now, Jesus then goes on to explain the parable of the sower. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, remember, Jesus is Jesus used a parable to explain parables. Okay, so he, he gives the parable, and then he explains what parables are for, and then he explains the parable that is actually in and of itself explaining a parable. Everybody get that? Good. All right. So, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. For uh, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfaithful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. Notice that Jesus doesn't place meaning necessarily on those values. All of those yieldings, hundredfold, sixty, thirty, those are all valuable to him because guess what? They are still bearing fruit. This section of scripture is beautiful. This section of scripture is encouraging and it's also a warning. All too often we see throughout uh, throughout the world, throughout the, the, the religious world and just the world in general, we see each category of these people that Jesus is describing in the parable of the sower. You have those who uh, were on the path in which they've heard the truth, they've heard the gospel, perhaps they've even read the Bible and, and read the words that were in there, um, but they don't understand it. Or they don't want to understand it. They just are reading it to read it. You know, the purpose of us reading through the scripture, uh, through the New Testament uh, completely in 2018, it's not for us just to read the chapter and move along. 
It's to get into the word and to understand it, right? So that we are taking that word as the seed in the good soil so that we can bear fruit and so that we can produce those good fruits in the world. Then you have the people uh, who are those who are on the rocky ground who receive it and they are filled with joy. That Oh, that was such a great message. That was wonderful and, and, and great. And, and I just I love what God has to say in his word. But then when someone challenges the word, when someone brings about a debate or a question about the word, about something that perhaps they believe, they start doubting the word. They start doubting themselves. And because they have no root in the word, they've only heard, they haven't understood, they fall away. And those, of course, the thorns. Those who receive the word, but the world has a better grasp on them than the word does. Word or world? Where do you lay? Where do you lie on that? Where do you fit in with the seed that's being sown? That's important because the next parable is also tied to gardening and farming uh, and seed. Verse 24, <clears throat> he put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master's house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? you want us to go pick the weeds? He said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Sorry, I didn't scroll up there. Jesus is going to explain this parable in a moment. But going on, he says in verse 31, he puts another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. So, uh, two parables here, of course, that Jesus puts out. Of course, I think many of us who are, are familiar with the scriptures have, have heard the reference to a mustard seed. Um, other times it's used, you know, if, if one just has the faith of a mustard seed, um, the size of a mustard seed, he can move mountains. You know, that mustard seed uh, is uh, the smallest seed that there is in the, in the plant kingdom. From what I understand, I'm not a plantologist, but that's what I understand. Uh, it is a very teeny tiny seed. Um, but uh, basically, you know, Jesus is, is giving us another parable talking about the kingdom of heaven. Almost all of his parables are about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is something that's very important that we need to understand Right? So that we can be a part of it. So that we don't end up like the weeds, but rather the wheat that Jesus gave in the previous parable there. Uh, in the thir and verse 33, Kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Right? A little bit of leaven infects the whole loaf. 
right? That, that yeast makes it all bloom up, and the whole loaf is then leavened. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is, it could be just a small part, just a teeny tiny part of the world, but yet when the kingdom of heaven is put into the world, the kingdom of heaven will expand, and ultimately the kingdom of heaven is ultimate. It is the, you know, it is the, the end all that is all, um, and so there's, you know, the, a great illustration there. Now, in verse 34, Jesus gets into um, more about these parables, and then, of course, he explains the parable of the weeds here. Verse 34, all these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. This goes back to what Jesus told the disciples, that the things that he was telling them, they had eyes to see, they had ears to hear it. They have been blessed with the opportunity to know these truths, but the crowds did not. They needed to find it. He gave it to them in a manner in which they needed to go out and take initiative on their own account to learn what these parables meant and to understand the truths that Jesus was giving them. Verse 36, Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed... <coughs> excuse me. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Okay, Jesus de defines piece by piece exactly what every part of that parable means. And then he explains the application. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. There's that statement again. Listen up. Pay attention. This stuff is important. Be the wheat. Be the grain. Don't be the weeds. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of that latter portion there. Verse 51, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. So this section here, I want to point again to what H. Leo Bowles uh, writes in his commentary 
on on this section. I think I think it explains things very well, um, and I don't want to take what what uh, Mr. Uh, Brother Bowles says here um, as my own because this is I think I think this is just it just nails it right on the head. Therefore, every scribe who hath been made a disciple to the kingdom. Okay, so Jesus is talking about scribes. A scribe is often uh, lawyers, right? The 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 those who were uh, assigned the task and had the job of rewriting, handwriting the law. So they were very familiar with the law. Um, but ultimately, this term is to be applied to anyone who teaches, uh, a religious instructor. H. Um, Leo Bowles writes, He is likened by our Savior um, to a householder who brings out the treasures, uh, things new and old. So back then, he says, they didn't have banks as we have now, but they did have treasure houses in which money, clothes, and other useful things were stored. A householder, uh, or um, as uh, my version says, the master of the house, was one who had charge of a family whose duty it was to clothe, feed, and govern them, etc. From his storehouse he brought out these things, new and old, as any members of his household needed things. The one who learns of the kingdom of God and has his heart filled with the knowledge of the truth or one who lets the word of Christ dwell in him richly, is like this master of the house. He, uh, his stores of treasured truth, his illustrations of it, should be so full that in any situation, any emergency, he can bring forth things new and old with wise adaptation to the ever-varying need of his household. So these treasures that Jesus is talking about is exactly what he's providing in these parables. It's the truths that we find in his word. These are things that, uh, you know, things of old, you know, things that we were taught since childhood, perhaps if you were raised in the church, or things that you're just learning, perhaps things that you've learned today that you can then recount and use when the situation comes up. These treasures that you are storing, that you can share uh, with the world. I think that's a beautiful illustration there, uh, <clears throat> and a great application as well. The last few verses here, uh, we'll, we'll read this and then and wrap up, and I'll give you your homework assignment. Uh, and when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown of Nazareth, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished, and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. That's a quote from um, Jeremiah. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Woe to you, Nazareth. They turned him away. Why? Because they knew his family. Is this not the son of these people? Why, where did he get all this? Why should we listen to him? Again, there's probably a good application that you can glean from that. I don't think I need to dive too deep into the meaning of that. But ultimately, where you come from doesn't matter to Jesus. It's where you're going. It's the decisions that you've made that put you, that take you out of, of whatever life you had before and focuses you on the life to come. That's what I love about being a Christian. Is that Jesus accepts me 
No matter what my past sins, no matter what my past transgressions, He washed those all away. He took them all away on the cross. And because of my belief in Him and my obedience to His gospel and the truth that He provided in obeying His commands, I have the hope of eternal life. And that the life on this earth is but fleeting. When we think of all the death and the destruction that has occurred over the past week uh, with, with, the, with just several incidences, it's a, it's a constant reminder of our need for a Savior. It's a constant reminder of the darkness that this world holds. And a constant reminder that the, that the church, that His people need to be the light in this dark world. That we need to be the family of God that we're supposed to be to reach out and to comfort those who need comfort, to minister to those who need ministering, and to ultimately bring the truth to those who are without it, who are lost. If you'd like to learn more about what it means to be a Christian, if you want to learn what it means uh, or how to become a Christian, we're here to help you with that. We're, help, we're here to help you study and learn those things. These studies have been extremely helpful for me as I get into the Word in ways that I haven't before um, in, in, in speaking and in, in speaking Scripture publicly. I think public speaking of Scripture is extremely important, and I think it's not done enough uh, because you see and you hear things differently when you read them out loud. Um, and you can really put yourself in the situ in, in the scenario in the in the in the scene and the time that Jesus is in when you have the full context of Scripture that you can glean from and learn from. So with that, here's your homework assignment for this week. You have two options. You can either comment on this post with with the with your answers, uh, or just write them down. Write them down somewhere. Perhaps you have a journaling Bible. Perhaps you have space in the margin for you to just kind of write down the answers to these. And, it refer, and I'm referring to um, verses 44 and 45 uh, through 46. What are the meaning of these two parables? What do these two parables mean to you? And what do you believe Jesus means in his teaching of these parables? These, I believe, are very, very important. These, these describe exactly what Christians need to be doing and should be doing on a daily basis. So I want you to look into these. I want you to study. Read your footnotes. Ask questions. Ask questions in the comments section on this video. You can email me directly at minister at loveland.church. Um, ask questions of your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're not a Christian and you don't know the answers to these and you want to learn more, Again, reach out to us. Reach out to me. You can message us directly, privately on Facebook, or again, you can email me, minister at loveland.church. Additionally, one last plug, if you will. Uh, if you have any questions about the congregation that meets here in Loveland, you can always visit us on our website at loveland.church, and you can find all the information you need about the family of God that meets here. Uh, there's also a section in here that you can listen and watch uh, the previous Bible studies that we've done up until this point, you can also go back and listen to some of the sermons that we're pulling, <coughs> that we've done, <coughs> excuse me, 
over the past uh, several months, uh, as well as uh, the current sermon series that we're on, which is tied to these readings that we're doing, which is Together in God's Word 2018. Uh, We've done two sermons so far on that. The first covering Jesus' baptism. The second one um, covering the cost of following Jesus. Now this Sunday, uh, we're going to be uh, again doing another lesson from from this section of Scripture uh, that we're reading this week, and that section of Scripture is going to be coming from uh, chapter 15 uh, and talking about the traditions of man. What are the traditions of man, and what are the applications that we have today? So that's something we're going to talk about on Sunday. Of course, we'll study that section of Scripture on Friday in our daily Bible uh, Bible study video here as well. Um, So again, thank you for joining us. I know we had uh, several people in here. If you left comments, I apologize. Um, I I may not have seen them. For some reason, Facebook doesn't show them to me while I'm live. Um, I probably need to get a different device in here so I can see those. Um, But uh, if you did have questions, I'll I'll be sure to go back and and answer those. Um, I think that's all I had. Um, So yeah, uh, if uh, if you need anything, if you need prayer... Um, again, I mentioned it earlier, but please uh, continue in prayer for for those who are, are being persecuted in the Middle East, um, the the uh, students uh, and teachers and, and families that have been impacted by the the senseless act of violence down in down in Kentucky. Um, keep them in your prayers as well. Um, I know that there were some that were injured uh, in in that shooting that were members of the church, um, and. Uh, continuing uh, to pray for them. Uh, another prayer request that I'd like to offer out there uh, publicly uh, is that for a young a young girl named Riley Whittle. She's a little girl that was born premature, um, two months premature, fought a, a hard battle uh, uh, to get out of uh, get out of the NICU and, and, and into uh, uh, move into their parents' home and everything and, and live live life. But she's recently um, got a really bad virus um, in her lungs and has been fighting um, and doctors did a procedure yesterday to hopefully help her um, but her her parents uh, Bethany and Paul Whittle are, are in need of your prayers as well as little Riley and the doctors um, uh, caring for her so please continue to pray for them um, in your in your daily prayers and if you have any prayer requests that, that we can pray for you about uh, please let us know you can email us those things privately if you'd like as well info at loveland.church Uh, for that, and uh, we will add that to our list. So thank you again for joining in. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and may God bless you. And I'll receive my mansion, mansion, roll and crown.